Hey guys, Joe here, the man who doesn't regret any of his tattoos, and I'm here to talk about the final UFC card of the year, UFC Fight Night, Strickland versus Cannoneer. So this is the last fight card of the or last UFC fight card at least of the year. So did it end on a good note? Let's see. Enough talk. Let's just get to the fights. And in our main event, of course, we had Sean Strickland versus Jared Cannonier. Final UFC fight of the year. Well, I, okay, I expected outright bad, and it really wasn't all that bad. Like, I actually was excited, dare I say, at some points. So both guys coming off losses to Alex Pajeda and Izzy, respectively. And so this is a fight to kind of remain in contention, in a sense. Um, you know, so you would expect most guys to just kind of leave it all out, like fight tooth and nail. But we know about these guys, though. We know that, like, Cannoneer is semi-gun-shy for the most part nowadays. Um, and Strickland just wants to jab. Just wants to jab guys up for five rounds and call it a day. And that's kind of what we got, for the most part. Um, but there were times where they were just down the flank. Like, in the fifth round, uh, Cannoneer was able to hurt Strickland a couple times. And uh, there was times where, you know... Uh, what's it called? Uh, Strickland was able to hurt Cannoneer, it seemed like. So, it was pretty cool. So, for the most part, the whole fight, I could break it down round by round, but there was times where, like, not enough happened. <laughs> so, I was like, eh, the same thing happened. I don't want to say that for, like, five rounds. So, I'll just do this. Um, <clears throat> so, Strickland's just kind of pumping out a jab constantly. And then he'll also like, throw out a lead leg teep kick, which, you know, honestly, really good attacks to have. Uh, in your striking arsenal because with just those two strikes you can like set up entire offenses you can maintain distance and control the fight you can establish your distance and control your opponent you can do a ton of things um the problem is with sean strickland is that's kind of all he has like um i would love to see him more variety in his strikes personally let's see more high kicks maybe be kind of cool um or at least sit down on some of his strikes. Because sometimes he'll do like a check hook or like an occasional right hand. They do seem kind of army. Like I want to see him like put his body into it. And like he's tossing out all these jabs. I, in my mind I just go jab, jab, jab. Then sit on a really hard left hook. Like I feel like that would work just wonders for him. But you know here we are. Um, and like honestly too. Like when you think about it. You jab a ton. Eventually that like they're if they're orthodox. Their hand's going to move to try to parry your jab. And then here comes the left hook. Funny enough, that's how Alex Pajeda KO'd him for the most part. That's uh, one of the ways he set it up. Kinnanir, he mostly wants to attack the legs. Nowadays, it seems like really good low kicks, you know, normally, so I'm always happy to see him. And for the majority of the fight, though, he is trying to land like one or two big shots. And they land, but he's just throwing jabs and low kicks for the most part the whole fight. Um, occasionally, like I said, he'll land the big, the big nasty shot. Um, the problem is he's just really content with just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that one shot. Um, if you look at, and then once he lands that big one shot, though, he will tend, tend to pounce for the finish or like at least try to get something else off of it. But if you look at the Brunson fight, he was just kind of timid like normal, as he kind of typically is. Then he lands the big shot in the second round, hurts him, gets the knockdown, gets the finish, you know, boom. And so that worked out for him there. The problem is, like, against Strickland, like, he's, it's kind of hard to do, unless you've been setting him up perfectly, you know? Um, Strickland's actually a pretty tough dude. Like, he's got a decent chin on him. Pajeda just hits, like, Pajeda. Like, we all know how hard he hits. Um, 
so I don't know, man. That was kind of the whole fight with Cannoneer. Um, and he's a fighter I want to love. But he just kind of, like, stops me at times. I always want more from him, you know? Um, you know, so a lot of this high volume, actually, Cannoneer actually is defending it pretty well for the most part. Um, the numbers, if you look at the numbers for both guys, like, they're dead even um, and stuff like that. There was, I probably, can't, if, I, if I were to count how many times the guys, like, really hurt each other, probably be about even two. It's close there. So numbers are close, you know, and everything like that. So now you have a choice. I feel like there's a crossroads now for you. Do you go off damage? Because if so, Strickland's nose is bloody. He's bleeding up. Beat looks a little beaten up. And Cannoneer looks fine. And Cannoneer, as we know, does hit harder. Or do you just kind of get a feel for the fight? And who do you think controlled it and was in like the better positions throughout? Like, and all that stuff like that. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think both are valid choices for the most part, honestly. Um, if, they're, if it's close and there's no clear guy... Like, I think you just kind of, you know, do that. Um, and I think either one works. I mean, let's be honest. Judges don't even know how to score their own fights. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm all right with this. Um, Eileen Strickland, personally, judges thought Cannoneer. Sure. You know what? It was a really, really close fight. Both dudes seemed even. Um, but it sucks because these guys are at a kind of a crossroads. Like, if Costa comes, Paulo Costa comes back to the UFC... And he's probably fighting and most likely losing to Robert Whitaker. And I think that could be a potential option for Cannoneer despite that. And I'm just not sure what you do after that. Like, if you can't do that, what do you do? So I guess you could do Dricus Duplessis, but he sounds like a better fight for Strickland. I don't know. I think middleweight might be in trouble. So let's get to our co-main event. It's Armand Sarukian versus Demir Ismagulov. And just kind of felt like another showcase fight for Sarukian, who I'm really high on, so I'm, over, I'm very okay with that. Um, I know there was some hide on, on Ismagulov, mostly because he was unbeaten in the UFC. And, uh, but I, I think this was a really solid, clean win for Sarukian. I thought he just outworked him, uh, especially in the grappling, where he was constantly getting the fights to the mat. And the striking, I thought he was just cleaner and more polished. Um, once again, a shameless plug for Armand Sarukin versus Matush Gamrot. What a great fight. That is super close. I think I scored it, if I remember correctly, for Sarukin the first time I watched it. And I think this time, last time I watched it, I think I scored it for Sarukin. Really close fight. I really like the fight. Um, and then, time for my two, two of my favorite nicknames at Featherweight got into it. Uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy versus Juliana Rosa, Juicy J. Uh, so, like, early on in the fight... Caceres throws a punch and then leans with it to throw a head kick from the same side. And it just blasts Juicy J, who just dropped and then just put out with some ground and pound after that. And, I mean, look out now. I mean, like, we're, look out now. Alex Caceres is kind of hot right now. Like, he lost his last fight to Sadiq Youssef, but I don't think there's any shame in that, really. Like, Sadiq Youssef is awesome. Like, only one loss to Arnold Allen. That dude's great. Um, and before that, he was streaking with some really good wins. And Juicy J, he's a little inconsistent in the UFC. But when he's on fire, he looks great. Like, he's a really fun fighter. Fun fact. <laughs> um, he fought Patty in Cage Rage years ago. Go watch that fight if you haven't seen it. It's hilarious in, with like in hindsight, like with context. That fight's probably a worse robbery than the Gordon fight. I watched it this week, and I was like, oh, that's probably worse. It's pretty bad. So, you know, there's at least there's precedent for last week. And finally, the fight I've been dying to talk about. Drew Dober 
Bobby Green at lightweight. So Bobby Green hasn't fought since his short notice kind of savior moment where he took on the now champ, Islam Makhachev. And Drew Dober, he's been streaking all year. Terrence McKinney, first round stoppage and a comeback win. Banger of a fight. That fight is fantastic. Uh, Rafael Alves in July, another great, just great, great, great fight. I love that fight. Um, third round stoppage, awesome. This fight, another great one. Three great fights, three stoppage wins for Drew Dober. Spoilers. Um, so on the jump, Bobby Green, clearly the smoother, faster fighter, just kind of darting in and out, uh, switching stances a lot, which, of course, I, I love. Big fan of that always. And he's just tagging Drew Dober constantly, like often from both stances, both hand leads, both hand rear punches, like clobbering him, clobbering him, clobbering him, clobbering him the whole fight. And uh, he's using his patented shoulder rolls really well, like dipping and leaning. It's great. It's fantastic. I wish I could do it. Um, I feel like I would do that in like sparring and just get clobbered and KO'd. I would like lean into something and just get leveled. Um, jealous, very jealous of Bobby Green. I can't, I can't replicate the thug style or the hood style. I think that's what it was. Awesome. Um, Dober, Drew Dober, he's just moving forward. He's eating these shots, but he's trying to land his own. Like he was having trouble, with, like kind of defending the speed of him. So he was like, "I'll take it," and then try to give one. Like taking one to give one, maybe taking three really to give one. Um, and it wasn't really working out for him in the first round. It seemed like. Uh, he's also landing some nasty low kicks, which we all know are going to add up, and they're going to slow down the movement of Bobby Green, who is circling very well. So, I mean, first round, though, like I was saying, first, it's just all Bobby Green, just picking Dober apart. Second round, though, more of the same, but Drew Dober's landing more, and it's noticeable. Then suddenly, boom, like a light switch. One left hand puts Bobby Green out cold, just out of nowhere, it felt like. Bobby Green's like... Against the cage, defending really well, using head movement. Not really getting touched all that much. Boom. It's over. I can't do this fight justice. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Trust me. It was so awesome. It was such a good fight. Good little, like, last fight to close the, like, UFC year out, I think. So, rest of the card. Notable moments on the card. So, Saeed and Nurmagomedov. Um, same last name, you know. I guess it's like Johnson or Jones or Silva. Um, he got a comeback win with a slick ninja choke or like a modified guillotine choke. Um, dude's actually really fun, I think. I think he's got like an interesting style compared to most Dagestanis who like kind of all fight the same for the most part, it feels like at times. Um, some, obviously there's some differences uh, in him like on a really technical level and I'm not, uh, and there are some exceptions. So I'm not trying to blanket everything. Um, but this dude's fun. I think I think he's fun and he's in my favorite division, Bantamweight. So I gotta, I gotta dig it. Corey McKenna. Uh, just out grappled and kind of beat down uh, Cheyenne of Lismas, who I shamelessly think is gorgeous. Felt like the need to toss that in there for some reason, in case she's watching, maybe. Um, uh, but despite that, I thought she kind of got beat pretty clean, I thought. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger, uh, Semi the Jedi, I think. Semi the Jedi, I think is what his nickname is. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, he beat known anti fighter pay uh, fan <laughs> Jake Matthews. Seriously, he doesn't. He thinks they get paid enough. I'm not gonna call him a liar, but I am. Uh, <laughs> finally, tough winner Brian Battle just got dominated by Hinat Fakhredinov. My God, I hope that got that right. Uh, I apologize if I didn't get that right, but he just got kind of dominated, like bad, just how grappled, beat up on. Well, folks, 
it's that time again. This concludes the final UFC fight recap of the year, and we get to close the first calendar year I was here. You know, not 12 months, but technically 2022 for me, at least in terms of recaps. Um, you know, from the bottom of my heart, though, thank you. Thank you for the warm reception I've gotten and the support I've gotten. It's an honor to be here uh, and have you guys watching the stuff for, I do for the INC family. It's been great being a part of the INC family to Carl and everybody else. Uh, couldn't be happier with this the gig. I, it's great. I'm having a time of my life doing it. Um, and if you're, if you're really worried about missing me, because come on, you can admit it. <laughs> um, you can go check me out on the main channel where I did a retro review last week. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out, you know, for a couple reasons. One, I worked really hard on it and I really appreciate it. Two, it's actually just really good. You know what I mean? Not, not just being honest here, not even ego. Um, it was really cool just to kind of go back to UFC 40, like, you know, back in the day, like 2004, I think the card was, if I remember correctly. Really cool to go back to that era and just review something, you know, something I grew up with for the most part. And, uh, well, that's really all I got, though. I'm Joe with the INC. Thank you for watching. <laughs>